Hello and welcome to this Gateway House podcast. My name is V Pratap Vikram Singh. I am a website associate here at Gateway House. In this podcast, we're going to be discussing the implications of the Lahore bombing that happened on the 27th of March. Uh, the attack has been claimed by a faction of the Pakistani Taliban. Today, we have with us Samir Patel, National Security, Ethnic Conflict and Terrorism Fellow here at Gateway House. So, Samir, on Sunday, a faction of the Pakistan Taliban, uh, Jamat ul Arhar, uh, claimed responsibility for a blast that occurred in Lahore. Um, could you give us a little insight into why they were specifically targeting Christians and also how this attack in Lahore is different? Where I would disagree that and say that you know, that this attack was not a different. In fact, if you look at the history of the Pakistan Taliban and its uh, style of carrying out attacks, uh, this is a continuation of their strategy of targeting the religious minorities. And by that I mean the Shias, the Ahmadis, the Sufis. Uh, and therefore the attack was not different. In fact, uh, in the past, the Pakistan Taliban has carried out attacks uh, at the time of Muharram processions or at the time of Sufi Urs festivals. So this particular attack which took place yesterday fits perfectly well into that pattern. Right, but um, it seem, it, the, the, the group certainly seems to have made a statement that, you know, that we, they even put out a statement saying that we have entered Lahore. Now, how might this arrival uh, play out in the region um, and how might it impact India in the long run? So there are two, three dimensions of this uh, particular issue. So this is clearly an attack against the execution uh, of the guy who killed Punjab Governor Salman Taseer in 2011. Uh, so in that sense, it's a signal by the militant groups that they are still relevant in the sense that they can carry out this kind of an attack. Uh, secondly, it shows that despite the crackdown by the Pakistani army in the Khyber Pakhtunwa, the factions of the Taliban retained their capacity to mobilize the cadres and plan such an attack, particularly in Punjab where there is a network of madrasas linked to the militant activities which allows these factions of Taliban to sustain themselves and then carry out these kind of attacks. And the third dimension is if you look at the larger picture, the TTP and its uh, factions which can be clearly described as bad terrorists. The terrorist groups which hit out at the Pakistani army as well as the Pakistani state, unlike the good terrorists which are used by the Pakistani military for their larger strategic uh, purposes. And Punjab has been the den of the good terrorists and uh, not only the factions of the Taliban which are used by the Pakistani military but also the anti-India terrorist groups like the lashkar e the jaish e Muhammad. So in that sense, uh, you know, by carrying out this kind of an attack, certainly this group is saying that, you know, that Punjab is no longer uh, is no longer the hub of those good terrorists and they are also there to perpetuate that kind of violence. Now, um, the last week has also seen several attacks, uh, most notably uh, the attack that happened in Brussels. Um, Prime Minister Modi is actually heading to Brussels in the coming week and uh, this raised se- several security concerns but he's going ahead as planned. I just wanted to get your take on the two attacks. Are there any similarities that might be there? Are there any parallels that could be drawn? If you look at the larger picture, the the only similarity between the, the this particular faction of the Taliban, Jamaatul Aharar, and the Daesh or the Islamic State is that both are in direct opposition to the Al-Qaeda and therefore they are on the same side. Uh, 
if you look at these these two attacks which happened yesterday in lahore and then in brussels clearly the focus is on the civilian soft targets and of course the targeting of the religious minorities and that's what the daesh has been doing particularly in iraq and syria but those similarities should not take away our attention from the differences between these two groups uh, you know there are many foreign fighters in the daesh unlike the pakistan taliban which has very few uh, foreign fighters and also unlike the daesh the taliban is more focused internally against the pakistani pakistani state and the pakistani army and unlike the pakistani taliban the daesh with its focus on creating an islamic state or a caliphate also aims for territorial conquest pakistan taliban is not in that particular business because they have a particular safe haven in khyber pakhtunkhwa from which they operate they are not interested in 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 territorially annexing more areas so that you know they can expand obviously their focus is more on term terms of carrying out activities in the areas which they have not targeted before so those are some of the differences between these two groups right and um, lastly um, seeing that in, as you said they are uh, they're both you know against the the methods of uh, al qaeda and um, there was a report that came out in 2014 that um said that jamat ul ahrar is supports the the efforts of of uh, um isis so does this mean that we could see a response from pakistan or the newly the newly forming uh, saudi arabian uh, military alliance uh first of all uh there has been no formal allegiance by the jamat ul ahrar to the daesh and therefore the possibility of these two groups joining hands together can be ruled out now even if there are some loose connections between these two groups between the jamaat ul ahrar and the daesh uh, what should we expect from pakistan and saudi arabia uh, frankly speaking nothing and because i think you know uh, both the countries need to look internally and look at their own terrorist facilitation networks and the infrastructure which helps these groups to thrive rather than going out and adopt that expeditionary style of targeting the other countries to which they consider as terrorist safe havens and of course uh, you talked about the saudi military alliance now the focus of this international military alliance or the ima as it is called is primarily on countering the violent ideology of the terrorists that's what the reports are saying so that is to say as if that the wahhabi school of thought which is cited by many of these terrorist groups as the uh, reason detra for the violence that they carry out receives a patronage from a country other than the saudi arabia it's not saudi arabia is it gives the official patronage to the wahhabi ideology and therefore is directly responsible for some of the terrorist violence which take place particularly in the middle east so i think both these countries particularly pakistan and saudi arabia need to look internally and see you know what kind of changes they can make to their own societal societal structure before they you know create that alliance of the like minded parties and fight terrorism right um thank you sumit You are listening to the Gateway House podcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. And if you have any suggestions for us, please leave it to us in the comments below. You can find us on Twitter, SoundCloud, and iTunes.